This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. Well, I'm happy to have this week as my guest a brand new member of the WFHB family. This person was hired to become director of WFHB's youth radio, Asia Essex. Asia, thanks for being on Big Talk. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Mike. We want to talk about where the name Asia comes from. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Go right ahead. My name is Asia Essex. Uh, this is my uh, chosen name. It comes from the Steely Dan album, Asia. That is the spelling I chose. It's a, it's a little more complicated than that, but yeah. essentially when I was choosing my name, I have a close friend named uh, Ava Cloudon, who's a uh, house manager over at the Indiana University Cinema and uh, it also has to deal with me liking palindromes. Oh, uh, that's a palindrome. It is a palindrome, and I I like uncommon spellings of names, and I always love like that album is my favorite Steely Dan album. It is weirdly enough not my most listened to Steely Dan album. That's Countdown to Ecstasy, but no one wants to talk to a girl named Countdown to Ecstasy. No, I don't think <laughs> that album. Came out in about 1977, for God's sake. Yes. You were not even I was around. Not, I was not a twinkle, no. Youth radio is such a cool thing. I've got to tell you, I go down uh, in my car almost every night to Paintown. I sit by the lake and just commune with the lake. Saturday nights, I love going down there because I get to hear youth radio. I listen to it every Saturday. I'm not saying I love everything that's played on it, but that's not the issue. The issue is I'm learning what the young kids are playing. And how young are these kids, Asia, who are part of youth radio? Well, currently they are, uh, I would say, between the ages of like 14 and 17. But the program extends from 13 to 20. Uh So you're getting very much like high school kids, like freshmen, juniors, uh, you know, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. What do they have to know to be part of youth radio? Anything? Well, yes. Well, we teach them. So we teach them how to do what uh, all the DJs do on a day-to-day basis here at WFHB. We teach them how to do intros and outros. We teach them how to select their music and the guidelines for what it is to run a radio show. Uh, But the thing they need to intrinsically know is just have a taste in music and a want to share that with the community. I suppose they have to be told, don't choose any track that has the F-bomb in it. Yes, uh, and sometimes people make mistakes, so (laughs) 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 we try our best to avoid the slip-ups. Asia Essex was hired here at WFHB in December, went through the rigorous uh, application process. They they shined the harsh light on you, I assume. They did. Many people speaking with you and saying, why you? Well, why you? Uh, yes, they definitely did. So uh, I applied for this job back in November of 2022. I had obviously had some very vague connections to WFHB being uh, in Cicada Cinema. We had partnered with WFHB and there were There are many people in Bloomington's uh, community who had uh, either done this youth radio job before that I was friends with, 
And so when I went through getting this job, I had to apply for it. I had to go through a round of interviews that included JAR and Emily Jackson. JAR Turner being our general manager. Yes. uh, Emily Jackson being the- President of the board. Yes. They asked me every single question you could probably ask someone who's going to be in an administrative position for a nonprofit. And this is a brand new job. Uh, How did it come about, the job itself? This year is the 30th anniversary of WFHB, uh-huh. uh, but it is the 28th year of Youth Radio because Youth Radio was started by Sarah Flint. Who Sarah sure... Flint. She was my guitar teacher. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sarah Swingset, I think, is also another alternative title that yeah. she goes by. Yeah. And she started back in 1995. It started with literally one child, one youth, one teenager. Over the years, it has grown and evolved and morphed into different things. Uh, In the early aughts, that's when it did move over to Rhinos, when Rhinos became a fixture of Bloomington's community. Uh, Uh For those listening to who have moved here since Rhinos no longer existed, it was uh, a youth center. And it was a place for kids to hang out that was trusted by parents. And within that center, it was also co-run by WFHB and Harmony School. Uh Uh-huh. That program became more of a fixture of the community uh, where it was this thing of like, you know, there were tons of kids and you'd have to do certain things to be able to make sure you got on air. I think at its peak, I was told that it had about 30 kids in youth radio. Um, And actually... In the uh, 2010s, it was taken over by Nick Romy, who was a protege of Sarah Flint (laughs) when they were doing it in the late 90s and early aughts. And I've got a wonderful quote here from Nick Romy. I'm going to read it to you, Asia. Talking about youth radio, he said, this program is an amazing chance for kids to share the things they're interested in, the music they love, or their ideas on a platform that's heard all around South Central Indiana. By the way, you get youth radio here on WFHB Saturdays, 6 to 10 p.m. Correct. What do you think about that quote by Nick? It sounds like uh, Nick is, is one, correct, uh, and two, a very enthusiastic hype person for youth radio. It's a way for young people to essentially broadcast things that they are interested in. I think this is something me and Nick talked about uh, when I was like kind of learning the history of youth radio Uh from them, which was all Nick cared about was like, I don't care if it's something weird. I don't care if it's music. I don't care if it's you're into video games or writing stories or just talking about whatever. Like they were just interested in getting kids passionately into something and then broadcasting that out to everybody. And I think at its core, that is all youth radio is, is to get, you know, teenagers are typically kind of, they're le- they're still learning about themselves. And so they are uh, all like a, a very wound up ball of emotions that's like very closed off. And then <laughs> that's why after school programs and the arts are so good for teenagers is because yeah. it's a way to express those things without feeling self-conscious about it. The funny thing is, radio is so old school to a lot of kids nowadays, and we're finding these kids who are really into it. Yes, absolutely. I would say through because of the advent of things like podcasts or just the advent of being able to talk to people in real time on a much more regular basis, uh, and just it's so easy to 
have software and hardware at your disposal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we're in this age of um, personal curation, like meaning everyone having their own silo. Right. That they know they have an expertise in. This is something I've been learning from the current youth radio. Uh, <laughs> You're learning too. Yeah. I'm learning. Yes, I am learning. I think it is one of those things where being able to then take all that knowledge that you've accumulated from like listening to hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours of records or people's Spotify playlists or YouTube compilations or whatever, and then putting it out there in the world. I don't know. I think that's like perfect uh, for the radio. I went on your Instagram page, Asia, (laughs) and I found a very neat quote. The teens love new metal. I'm exactly the right age for this job, sadly. Now, first off, what is new metal and what do you mean, yeah. sadly? <laughs> this is a self-deprecating uh-huh. uh, quote. Um, so new metal was the uh, evolution or offshoot of heavy metal in the late 90s and early aughts. It included uh-huh. bands like Corn, but it also included bands like Linkin Park and uh, Limp Bizkit, things, bands that people don't consider to be like good bands like corn <laughs> but the bands like corn and system of a down as i've been learning like i am of the age i'm 32 years old i am of the age that these were bands that were big when i was in late middle school and right. early high school at the time they did not have the best reputations and you know yeah their fans and this is just the history of heavy metal and whatever it's just like sometimes their fans weren't the best people on earth and so it had like a negative association uh-huh. um but as with everything, the 20-year cycles that happen and, you know, just things that you take for granted when you're a teenager that you're like, that's not cool. Years pass and then someone else picks it up. And I've been learning just from just from these kids that like, yes, like band, like Corn and System of a Down and all these bands that kind of in that circle, not the ones that are like Limp Bizkit and, uh, and Linkin Park. Like these, they actually have some like artistic like merit to them. They pioneering things that I would have never thought about. And yeah, I'm just also lamenting like these are bands that were big when I was in high school that like were the butt of jokes and now they're actually like (laughs) taken seriously. And that's fine because I'm sure I did the exact same thing when I was 16. When I listen on Saturday night, and again, folks, please do listen. Youth Radio here on WFHB every Saturday, 6 to 10 p.m. It's really fun and it's really sort of neat no matter how old you are. To hear what the kids are thinking, to actually, and I got to confess, sometimes you hear them making mistakes on the air. And you know what? They're learning. It, there's a beauty to it. They're, they're being thrown into the deep end of the pool, willingly, of course. And here they are. And sometimes you, you, you hear about five seconds of dead air and it's like, ooh, 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 hit that button. <laughs> and they do. They do. They eventually but get it. A lot of the music they play, as you say, the heavy metal type, there's hip hop, mm-hmm. there's alternative rock, there's funk, there's industrial, there's grunge. They're playing music all over the map. Yeah. I mean, that's the nice thing about youth radio is that you discover that teenagers are not a monolith. One of the youth radio uh, people the other day when we were doing uh, a on-location thing was just like wearing a uh, uh, a system of a down shirt, uh, but had learned weeks prior that like all of them had decided to play Stevie Wonder on the show at some point, and they uh-huh. love Stevie Wonder, and it's just like isn't nice, that amazing? It's a, it's amazing. I mean, it also just goes to show that everyone is more varied and eclectic than you would think them to be, and also we're living at a time where. 
everyone has access to all types of music all the time. So I'm just happy everyone's taking advantage of that variety. Which is funny because when I was growing up, when I was a kid, and even when I was a, a teenager in high school, anything that was five years old was considered, oh my God, that old stuff. It's not like that anymore. No, not at all. I would say there's like this concept of like postmodernism and like the idea of like, you know, things that were old being transplanted and like recontextualized uh, like in new mediums and like all this stuff. I think we are so now far removed from postmodernism that there is no like linear timeline of like, oh, that's old music. You don't listen to that. I think that's completely out the window. No right. one's ever like, oh, you're listening to an album from three years ago. Like, what are you doing? They're just like, most people are like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Let me read. Let me dig back into that. Like, I think new music is still important. And I think, you know, things that are on the avant-garde and like on the forefront are still valued as they should be because, you know, we need to evolve and change. But... I do think there is a bigger appreciation for like, I just like this thing. Uh, it doesn't matter how old it is. Youth Radio, the new director, Asia Essex. Uh, it's it's a first time position. It's part of a grant that WFHP, do you, can you give us details on that? Uh, yes, it was part of a donor grant. It was a need to have a full-time youth radio director because youth radio for so long, uh, I would say since about the, it's never been a full-time job for anybody. It's it's either been a volunteer position or a part-time job. Um, Many people have held the position over the years. Like I said, Sarah Flint, Nick Romy. Oddly enough, a Cicada Cinema co-founder, Eric Ayotte, was also a youth radio director. Oh, boy. Yeah, so like this is a job that's like been passed around to so many people. But in order for it, there was a need for it to, one, be as vibrant as it once was in the like late 90s and early aughts. And uh-huh. like there's no reason, and there's there was literally no reason that it can't be at all. But that does require a level of dedication that only a full-time position could provide. And so that was the purpose of the grant was to essentially just put someone in the position who could take a big picture overview of what it could be and what it could need. And I was I'm just happy that that person is me. Now Asia I met you at Hopscotch. You did. Yes. You were a barista there, and you were like the hardest working, <laughs> most dedicated person, and always wonderfully friendly to customers. And one thing I noticed, you had ownership of that position. It was as though we were coming into your home when we went to Hopscotch. And I think you're doing the same thing here. If I'm doing a job, I at least want to do it to whatever capacity that I have to do it, whatever fullest capacity yeah. that is. Also, even on my worst days at Hopscotch, which like I'm sure someone listening to this has seen me on one of those days where I've been bleary-eyed because I'm just tired, be it because I had a cicada cinema event the night before, or it's just, you know, it's some service industry is hard sometimes. Uh, I always tried to make it a thing where it's like, well, if they're in here, they should be happy that they're in here and it was also a way for me to interact with the community. I don't know, I I enjoy doing as much as I can and also like it's something in my brain that makes me want to, if I'm going to learn how to make a latte, I wanna learn how to make it well. Now you have mentioned Cicada Cinema two or three times already and let's get into that. Apparently you were one of the 
people who were in on the ground floor of Cicada Cinema. Yes, so Cicada Cinema. I'm going to give you the 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 event spiel that I that I do. <laughs> so Cicada Cinema is an, a pop-up theater that's been in operation since Halloween of 2016. Mm-hmm. There were five of us, uh, Eric Ayotte, Charlie Jones, Niall Arena, Josh Brewer, and me, Asia Essex. And we would operate out of the void, which is now one of the Switchyard Park parking lots. It was a, it was kind of a multi-purpose space that was for bands to perform. It's kind of what the fell the IFL has become. Which is like, and when you mentioned void, you meant a specific place. It, it was literally called the void. You weren't talking about some no, concept. Yes. No, not some concept. A <laughs> physical space on South Rogers called the void. An ironic name given that it doesn't exist anymore. It originally kind of came about like, well, if we show movies, we should show things that aren't playing in town. Because the Ice Cinema had existed for some time at that point. Peter had been doing the writer film series for for Peter however Lo long. Peter Lopalato, yes. Yes, we love him. It, the AMCs at the other sides of town were playing new films. And so like, well, let's try to play things that like would normally get paid in Bloomington. And so when The Void got torn down, we were like, well, let's try to bring that out into the community because people would come to the screens and have like a great time. And so we decided, well, let's keep showing movies like that, under screen, underseen, and underrepresented, and then let's take those and then put them in places that that are with businesses or organizations that we enjoy, that we support, and that we want amplified and that we want to do well. And we've essentially operated like that since The Void closed, since, since like 2017 or 2018. And yeah, like we just show underseen cinema in different places that we love. So you love movies. I would say movies were a big part of my life, specifically going into college when I started my undergraduate at IU, despite me going to IU for music school. It was a separate thing for me. It was like a way, like music was the thing that I was in school for and that I studied and then I worked very hard for. Movies was a way to relax and I could engage with them in like a different way. It's hard. It's different. When I engage with movies, it's different than the way that I am engaging with music. Um, uh-huh. It's using different sides of my brain. Pretty much since I came to Bloomington in 2008, half of my life has been pretty much dedicated to film. Well, you also were involved with IU Cinema. I was. As I like to joke, I was um, very good at pestering people. (laughs) I was just a patron of the IU Cinema. I started going there when they opened. The first thing I ever saw there was a movie called Don't Look Now with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland, a horror movie. from way back. Yeah, from Uh, the 70s. Yes. uh, And I was so taken with the fact that it was an introduction and it was a very atmospheric evening. Like I immediately fell in love with the place. Over the years, I just had kind of wanted to get into doing more film-related things as a hobby. I yeah. never thought of it as ever going to be a career, but I always wanted to do it as a hobby. And so I just pestered the former director, John Vickers, a lot like, hey, there should be a blog here. And then uh, eventually he's such a nice person. He was just like, okay, I'm, we're going to talk. We're going to figure out how to get a blog together. And then I would do that. And then eventually I was getting way into podcast. Uh, uh, that was the Establishing Shot blog. yes. That- yeah, I started writing that. That's actually how I learned how to write. I was not a writer prior to that. Uh-huh. I just had thoughts about movies, and I wanted a organized way to get them out of my head instead of just yelling at people. You're a big fan of a film genre that I love, mm-hmm. and that is film noir. I love film noir, and I, and I got this. This is one of your social media posts. I love this. This is so spot on that I can't believe it. Film noir, uh, for those of you who, for the one or two people on earth who don't know what it was, moody, 
shadowy, dark and white look, often set in L.A. in the 40s and 50s, crime always. Here's your quote. Most noir is about horny, dumb idiots getting tricked into stuff. The perfect genre. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Oh, yes. Uh, I love when people read these tweets that I'm just having an afternoon sipping coffee and then I just get on my phone and type it and forget it goes out in the world. But yes. This, and stays out in the it, world. It stays out in the world. I do not delete these tweets because I'm right. It is a yes. perfect genre. Yep. Um, so uh, actually my Cicada Cinema partner who's still around, Josh uh, Brewer, uh, he actually is kind of the person who like advanced my love for film noir. But it is a funny genre in that like is this post-World War II genre. There are these like labyrinthine stories about either a private eye or a boxer or, you know, yeah. whatever, like a police officer, whatever trying to either solve a case, track someone down, get a hold of something or whatever. And then at some point, a woman like waltzes into their life, uh, be it a femme fatale or like, you know, the Madonna figure, like, you know, light and dark. And they completely lose track in sight of what they are doing. That's right. (laughs) And then they fall on their own sword almost. And it's always fun to watch. I think the reason it's always fun to watch for me is because I love humans not worst impulses, but our most like animalistic impulses, which is just like, yeah, of course, even if you knew that like, if there was a gun to your head and someone that was so alluring, like walked past you, you would completely forget what you were doing. (laughs) Like, like even if your life was on the line. It's so, it's a perfect genre for like drama and thrills. Asia Essex, our guest here, the newly named director for WFHB's Youth Radio. Asia you came here to Bloomington to go to school. Yes. Where'd you come from? I came from Fort Wayne, Indiana, three hours up north, a <laughs> hundred miles of flat land between Indianapolis and. Oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> it is flat. It is one of the most boring. If I could fly to Fort Wayne, I would because it's not a <laughs> lot to look at. But no, I, I was raised in Fort Wayne. Um, I was born there. Uh, and I would say. I was raised at a, a good time in that city. I, I would say Fort Wayne between like the 90s and the mid to late aughts was a good place to grow up for someone who was young and interested in lot in lots of things because there was always something going on. Like it was a very high school focused city in my opinion. Like there's a lot oh. of funding going to like marching bands, sports, arts, uh, you know, debate, like just always something involving like teenagers there. And so like that's kind of... People have asked me recently, which is why I'm able to speak on this. They've asked me, recently, like, why do you have so many interests? And I think it's just simply because I was coming up at a time when the arts were still being funded. It was right before No Child Left Behind really yeah. came down hard and, like, messed up a lot of public school systems. I was kind of the, like the last bastion of kids where it's like, look, if there's a child who wants to be in theater and also play in jazz band and also play for the soccer team, we will make that a possibility right. for them. Um, and so in that sense, like a perfectly fine place to grow up. I uh, have two older siblings um, and they're a little bit older than me. And so like I would say I had the nice little... You were the baby. I, I was the baby, and I was a baby by a margin. And so, like, <laughs> I, I would say, like, something like, you know, being into a Steely Dan album from 1977 has a lot to do with being having a That's right. like a much older brother, like, in, you know, things like that. So, uh, Fort Wayne, uh, it's, I can't speak to it now, but uh, up until 2008, a perfectly fine place to grow up. 
Now you say you're from Fort Wayne, but I don't know about that <laughs> because I I saw I caught your bio from uh, IU Cinema, and your bio, which I assume you wrote, <laughs> said created in a dark room <laughs> after being exposed to images from infinite worlds. Wow, that sounds science fictiony. Yeah, uh, well, I like to read comic books, and I like the dramatic, uh, like, uh, Stanley uh, 60s, 70s comic uh, spiel. That was just a way of, I, I have this whole thing of, like, movies are these, like, infinite portals into different universes that you, like, just different, like, either they're kind of like the real world or they're nothing like the real world or there's something, something in between, and they're just different stories, and there are... There are more movies than you can imagine. Just like there are more records than you can imagine and more books than you can imagine. Right. You, you will we'll nev- never run out. You will, you will never run out. You will never run out of good things to listen, read, or watch or whatever. But movies are such an accessible thing for me um, because they're easy to watch. They're they're in the grand scheme of media, like pretty short, not as short as an album, but like shorter than a book. And for me, as I was like figuring out who I was, it was nice to have that like – infinite well of stories to be like there are more ways to live your life than the one that you're currently living um and there don't have to be far-fetched or anything like that and so i as i have like been transitioning and all these things i essentially came to the realization i've been watching movies and it was kind of like i was sitting in a dark room and i was watching hundreds if not thousands of hours of stories being told at me and then it kind of shaped me into the being that I am right now. Well, you're helping to shape some of the young people of Bloomington, the newly named director of WFHB's Youth Radio, Asia Essex. If a kid between the age of 13 and 20 wants to participate in Youth Radio, how? Yes, so the easiest way for anyone between the ages of 13 and 20 to participate in youth radio is to email me at uh, youthradiodirector at wfhb.org or just join us at our weekly meetings at the Teen Center next to the Level Up Center on the bottom floor of the Monroe County Public Library every Wednesday between 4 and 5. We have broadcasts, obviously, uh, 6 to 10 every Saturday. Uh, and if you are if you were interested in just kind of like stepping into that, just give us some notice, and we would be happy like just to let you sit around and watch what's going on. But honestly, the easiest way to get involved is just to reach out. We want you. If you're between 13 and 20, like you can do anything. Come on down. Come on down. If you want to DJ just music, you can DJ music. If you want to do anything narrative wise, you can do narrative things. If you want to work for the news department in any sort of capacity, you can do that. We are truly open to if it can be broadcast on the airwaves, no matter how frivolous or silly or complicated it may seem, we want to do it. I did want to remind uh, the listeners of that, that uh, Youth Radio is now in partnership with uh, WFHB News Department, and they're putting out some reports. Yes, Youth Radio has been putting out some supports. We reports we have had some like superstars come through, um, but I do, will say our news department is very open to the idea of helping someone out who actually doesn't even have experience doing that, but they have the want to. Our guest this week has been Asia Essex, just named in December 
the new director of WFHB's Youth Radio. Good luck on it all, and thanks for joining us on Big Talk Asia. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure. 